0: Hi, this is Dr. Meg Hayworth, holistic psychologist and nutrition strategist, and you're listening to Get Well Soon podcast series, the show that explores how to heal yourself with food and the power of the mind. Hi, everybody. This is Dr. Meg Hayworth here, founder of the Get Well Now Wellness Coaching Programs, celebrity chef, author, and speaker. And thank you so much for listening to the show. So just please take a moment and leave a comment here on iTunes about our show. And please, please share it with anyone whom you think may benefit from this conversation. And I know today's conversation, there's going to be a lot of people that can benefit from this. Um, There are a ton of other shows for you. On health and wellness, um, with thought leaders like J.J. Virgin on traumatic brain injuries, Chris Wark on what everyone needs to know about cancer, uh, Wynn Claybaugh on the healing power of being nice, and a ton more shows to help you get well soon. And so today I have two guests, not just one. We're double duty healing here today. Um, they're very special people um, who've had to deal with what no parent, ever wants to deal with. Uh, Ryan and Teddy Sternagel started My Kid Cures Cancer one year after their son, Ryder, was diagnosed with stage four neuroblastoma. It's a childhood cancer of the nervous system. So wanting to do everything that they could for their son, the Sternagels dove deep into integrative research. And as a result, Ryder is doing great over his uh, three years later now. So early on in his journey, though, it had become apparent that practically no information of this kind was written in a way that parents could understand and and, um, and how it would apply to their children. So after consulting with doctors and health experts all over the world and a whole lot of trial and error, My Kid cure, Cures Cancer was born to make finding this information accessible to parents that need it. And we know that there are a lot of them. We're going to get into those statistics a little later on here in the show. So through its podcast, they have a podcast and in-depth articles on My Kid Cures Cancer. It provides parents with information both on integrative approaches to cancer treatment for those that need it and how to make sure cancer never afflicts their family in the first place for everyone else because prevention is really key. We don't want to have to go through this. So with his incredible attitude and willingness to eat the healthiest foods and to take as many supplements as Ryan and Teddy hand him, Ryder now inspires children all over the world to take their health seriously. So if Ryder can do it, so can you. So welcome to the show, Ryan and Teddy. Hey, Meg. Thanks hey. for us. It's so great to, to uh, talk to you again. Um, you're such an inspiration. I got to meet you in person at the Mind Share Summit this past summer, and we had some really wonderful talks. And so I wanted to share those with listeners. Um, so you guys have obviously been through the ringer. And how did they find the cancer uh, with Ryder in the first place? Like, what's what happened there?
1: Um, so. Right before his first birthday, um, about a few weeks before Ryan and I were in his room getting him ready for bed, I was nursing him and Ryan mm-hmm. was sitting across from me and I had my hand on his back in such a way um, that I could just kind of feel around and I was just kind of just massaging him and rubbing him and I felt something and I thought it was a lump mm-hmm. and um so Ryan and I got him undressed out of his PJs, looked at it, and it was hard to see. And we kept bending him over, you know, to make mm-hmm. sure that it was there. But, um, sure enough, I mean, we were 100% convinced that there was indeed a lump. And, mm-hmm. um, and it was a Friday, so we had to sit through the weekend and everything. And by the time, you know, Monday rolled around, we were very concerned, got him into the doctor. The doctor wasn't very concerned. And um, so we really had to push really hard because um, we were initially told, oh, um, it's probably nothing like, don't worry about it. And um, we really just followed our mom and dad instinct and uh-huh. and pushed really to get that lump diagnosed because mm-hmm. there were other things that we started noticing, too, around that mm-hmm. same time. Um, one. Ryder wasn't walking and he wasn't crawling either. He was almost a year old and he wasn't even very good at sitting up or rolling over. And now having a second child and seeing her go through these milestones, I, you know, can really say, wow, like he just these are huge red flags, his growth chart had, um, gone way down from the 90th percentile to the 25th. He really was struggling just eating. Mm -hmm. Um, so there are all these things that like, you know, doctors and, you know, family and friends would say, Oh, well kids develop on their own. But you know, when you put them all together, they became really concerning to us and really the lump, um, prompted the doctor to say, okay, well, maybe he needs physical therapy because he's not walking. And so that was the route that they wanted to take with us. But like I said, we just, we couldn't do anything until we knew exactly what that lump was.
0: Yeah, no kidding. And this is a really good point for parents or for anybody who has a a healing crisis that they're in is to follow your instincts. You Mm -hmm. know, I mean, if, if, every red flag inside of you is saying, no, 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 this isn't right um, to follow your instincts and keep pushing. And so you did that. And how did you, how did you finally get through to somebody who sent you to an oncologist for this?
1: It was actually really hard, and I mean, talking to other families and even adults who have been diagnosed with cancer. It's funny we yes. all share similar stories of how difficult it was to convince <gasps> their doctor to run the right tests. Not uncommon, right? Yeah. It's actually shocking. Most people that I know, um, and obviously doing what we're doing, we know a lot of people have mm-hmm. a story of just how difficult it was to get diagnosed. So, for with Ryder, we took him in. And, um, we finally got a referral to an orthopedic um, doctor's office from his mm-hmm. regular pediatrician, and at the time, I had no idea where we should even go to get the lump. So it was a start. So mm-hmm. they did X-rays and blood work, and the X-rays showed how constipated he was. Because the other red flag, now looking back, yeah, was, was
2: another. <clears throat>
1: <clears throat> all throat> those
2: factors together. It's yeah.
1: Uh, he quit pooping for two weeks, and so the kid had oh been, you know, wow. going. Very very regularly, sometimes multiple times a day. And then Mm -hmm. he just stopped. And, um, and that was really stressful. I mean, as parents, because I don't know, it's, we kind of revolve around the poop cycle. So,
0: well, that's true. And I think, um, there's so many people that don't understand how toxic it is when Mm -hmm. you are constipated and, you know, you've got a child. And so basically the waste is sitting in the body and it's creating all kinds of, uh, toxic overload and, Obviously, he had cancer, so he was already in a toxic situation. Right, so
1: right, exactly. You just didn't have that
0: piece just yet, but once you did, um, so once you did have that diagnosis, what what were some of the steps that you started taking? Because I, I can't imagine that it'd be hard to think clearly um, and to know what to do next. And I know you've, you've got connected in with um, like Chris Wark, for instance, and um, so people that are he- healing catr- uh, cancer naturally, so we're looking at this integrative approach. So how did that all come about? How did you get into the integrative medicine side?
2: Yeah, so um, would, both of us had already been getting into, I guess, natural health. You could say just mm-hmm. from a personal interest, you know, Teddy had uh, taken up what the stroller's trying. <laughs> CrossFit for moms, doing and all that sort of stuff, and um, yeah, we just out of out of we we'd happen to see a couple documentaries on uh, natural or integrative healing from cancer. Just again, just kind of out of interest for for that sort of thing. And um, so when we did get a cancer diagnosis, we we don't we didn't know as much as we do now, obviously three years later. But uh, we we knew enough to to know where to get started. Um, so kind of immediately started calling around to various uh, naturopathic oncologists, okay. cancer coaches. Uh, one of my <laughs> uh, a, a good personal connection of mine turned out to be a uh, <clears throat> uh, this his family business was a you know an alternative uh, cancer. Uh, supplement one of the one of the main it turned out to be a mainstay of, of writer's treatment it turns out oh, that wow. a lot of the a lot of the naturopathic oncologists you uh, like love and use that product so mm-hmm. just do you, mind, uh, do
0: you mind just saying what the product is real quick for parents
2: oh yeah it's it's called helen h-a-e-l-a-n it's a uh, it's a <clears throat> excuse me fermented soy product and the main, the main compound in it, it's called genistein. It's a, it's a flavonoid and it okay. has a, a ton of, you know, we, we've been really big on just research and actually diving yeah. into the studies and, and all that good stuff. And, uh, there's okay. a whole lot of research on genistein in general and then, and then even the specific product healing. So, um,
0: okay. okay, good. Thanks for sharing that. So sorry. I didn't mean to break your stride too much there, but <laughs> I was like, Oh, it could be something that could help other people. So, um, so anyway, go go on.
2: So yeah, the uh, integrated
0: approach and, and and your um research led you to all these different places and practitioners.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like Ryan was saying, I mean, we just immediately started calling around and um and they had wanted to admit Ryder right away and start chemotherapy immediately. And we knew that we wanted to um, research first, but there wasn't really a lot of time um, in there. And you don't really have a whole lot of choices anyways with childhood cancer, um, which we quickly found out. But, um during the short window that we had um, of calling around, we were doing, you know, the things that we knew, you know, we should be doing. We got a feeding mm-hmm. tube for him and um, we were just pumping him full of nutrition. We ordered an infrared sauna and, mm-hmm. um, you know, juicer. a juicer, I a writing machine. I mean,
2: had our uh, yeah. had a nice little juicing set up in the hospital for, right. for a chunk of time. When we were, did
1: become impatient, we had our juicer with us. So we were... Um the nurses said they had never seen anything like that before.
0: Wow. <laughs> That's so awesome. That's so awesome. So um let's go back to the feeding tube for a moment. So uh, were you using liquid hope?
1: No, um liquid hope wasn't actually available right when Ryder okay. got a feeding tube. So we were creating everything um just on our own like through our own research. Um and putting it through the feeding tube, we did a lot of uh, cold pressed juices. Um, mm-hmm. He was taking around fifty supplements a day that we were mixing in, and okay. um, the healin is a liquid, so we were putting that down. And Ryan didn't mention it. Actually, has a really
2: I was going to say he terrible
1: taste. Not the taste, so. not the taste yeah. so. right, yeah. right. And I was breastfeeding too, so they all thought that it was a good idea that I should drink it too, so that he got sure. it and double. Yeah. And I, wasn't so lucky with the feeding tube, so
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so that's so funny. It's like I had to suffer through it, but that's <laughs> that's really important because if I mean this is just logic that yeah, the, whatever the mom's eating and whatever she's consuming gets into the breast milk, it goes into the baby, and so that's an important piece. So I imagine that this whole journey really changed your way of eating for your whole family, right?
1: Yeah. So, um, yeah, interestingly enough, like Ryan was saying, I mean, we had already been into um, natural health before. And before um, I got pregnant with Ryder, I mean, we had really changed our diet in a lot of ways. But I think the diagnosis really sent us over the edge because we were still <laughs> eating out, you know, at restaurants. And, you know, when you eat out, you kind of mentally check out and don't really mm-hmm. consider what you're putting into your mouth. At least we did. You know, it was just, right. oh, like we're at this, you know, cheap little restaurant, you know? Yeah. <laughs>
0: like, yeah. it be fine. The food quality, you know, the exactly. food quality is really low. So you're right. So high it was almost... pesticide load and <laughs> yeah. food chemicals and exactly. preservatives and additives and
1: we yeah. so packaged
0: awesome. stuff with plastic.
1: blah. Mm-hmm. <laughs>
2: Yeah. So yeah, I mean, it's you know, we 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 already had a pretty good foundation for mm-hmm. for our diet and yeah, keeping things clean at home and and all that, yeah. but it definitely certainly sent everything into into overdrive <laughs> in terms yeah. of just not letting anything questionable go into us whatsoever, and and then mm-hmm. just you know going going the other way as well, and, and really just trying to. Um, well, I mean, we, we supercharged rider's health from day one and yeah. it's, it's funny cause you know, we, we, we were eating clean and, and all that, but still weren't as mm-hmm. far as getting a good amount of sleep and, um, even, you know. Wasting money on taking some of the the vitamins and minerals and such—that's how we saw it for ourselves early on. You know, we weren't mm-hmm. yeah. we weren't taking very good care of ourselves outside of just eating clean for the first year or so. So uh, uh-huh. that's that's one thing we've kind of circled back to lately is the you know realizing that and that's what we always try to tell parents is that the better care you can take of yourself, um, the, the better you're going to perform for your child. So that's
0: yeah, uh, no kidding. And I think that's really easy for parents to do is just to focus so heavily on the sick child and not think about themselves. And, but it, it's the, you know, that the oxygen mask, <laughs> um, analogy, you know, where you've, you've got to take care of yourself first and then you, you can really be strong for your child because you have to be that for him.
1: Yeah, exactly. So,
0: yeah. So, um, so how is, how is writer today?
1: Writer is doing awesome today. I mean, um, we are about three and a half years out and, um, we stopped chemotherapy halfway through the protocol. Um, just why did, why did you do that? What was your reasoning for it? Yeah. So our reasoning was, um, we were doing a ton of integrative treatments, and mm-hmm. um, and he had had such significant shrinkage with the first four rounds of chemotherapy that he did have in combination.
2: Should mm-hmm. probably tell him exactly what the the tumors were and such.
1: All yeah, right. So, yeah.
2: Okay. So he had uh, he had what we found initially was a uh, was a tumor inside of his spinal canal that was bigger than his kidneys. And That's when they, what I was feeling. Yeah. And when they when they initially came back in after the MRI, which, uh, you know, they, they said it was going to be, I don't know, half hour, 45 mm-hmm. minutes. And it, two hours later, they yeah. come back in and uh, and the, the, both the, the doctor and the nurse both had tears in their eyes. And um yeah, you know, they they said the, the lump you felt was just the tip of the iceberg is is the way they put it. And uh, so, yeah, so there was a, you know, a huge lump inside of his spinal cord. And that's what was preventing him from walking or even crawling, for that matter, was, uh, oh was the fact that he had that huge tumor in there. And he had a couple
1: secondary tumors, too. And it had metastasized to his hip bones as well. So that's um, what pushed it into stage four as well as it was also in his bones.
0: Oh, wow. So this is really advanced. So I think a lot of people would think, oh, this is, this is it. He's not going to make it.
1: Right. Um, Yeah, it was, um, it was definitely a very grim uh, first few days. And I mean, for Mm -hmm. us, it always felt like the news kept getting worse and worse. I mean, it started Mm -hmm. off like just the diagnosis. And now, you know, is he stage three? Is he stage four? Well, if he's stage three, then he only needs to do you know, four rounds of chemo. If he's stage four, then he moves into this more advanced protocol. So, um, yeah, it was, it was a really hard, I mean, if I'm being honest, a hard, you know, first few months, but those first few days, you're just really in shock too. So, um, he did have a couple of things that were really going for him. One Mm -hmm. with neuroblastoma specifically being diagnosed before the age of one puts you in a, um, more higher success rate category. And because we pushed so hard for the diagnosis, he was Mm -hmm. diagnosed 11 days before he turned one. And that's something that it's really, they just, um, it's part of the protocol. So if he had happened to be 11 days after turning one, he would have been put into an even harsher protocol than he was as it is. So I mean that was a huge blessing. But um but the reason why we stopped is um like I was saying with everything that we were doing and we were working with a naturopathic oncologist as well and we were doing IV vitamin C and DMSO, um, okay. his tumor shrunk quicker than anyone expected and um well over the 50% mark. And we strongly felt that continuing on with our protocol, if we could, you know, chemotherapy is Toxic. I mean, it's poison. It if is, we could yeah. prevent him from having more than what he, you know, absolutely needed to get out of the woods, mm-hmm. um, then that's what we we would do. Everything that we can, you know, mm-hmm. to do that.
0: Now Was your oncologist on board with you doing that, or,
1: or were they? No, not yeah.
0: at all. So, <laughs> yeah. oh my gosh, that must have been tough. And and I understand. I remember hearing this from the truth about cancer. Um, is that uh, with children? that that sometimes they actually will force parents into administering chemo for their children and it's uh, did was did any yeah, of that come and, on yeah, the table for it, you guys it,
2: is a, it was a <laughs> a very fine line that we walked for a little while there for sure because yeah i mean that that typically is the case you don't you you do the standard of care unless the oncologist mm-hmm. Thinks otherwise, and uh, but if he doesn't think otherwise, then then you really don't have a choice. And usually, they they don't think otherwise, so people end up people end up doing standard.
1: Right. So when we you know wanted to take him home, right when he was diagnosed to get the second opinion, that they were really not okay with that at all. Um, but by the time we decided to stop after four rounds, um, we were you know, being seen by a conventional oncologist. And we found an oncologist that was willing to take a wait and see approach with us. So we did have to move and um, we were getting riders scanned every three months. And our oncologist said, hey, you know, I can turn on a dime if things start moving in the wrong direction and he can be admitted and start chemo that day. So I guess that's, I don't know if I would say comforting, but, you know, we had an agreement that we would take the wait and see approach and just yeah. have extremely close monitoring so it's not like we went rogue we were very involved with um our team
0: Yeah okay that's that's great so oh my gosh the whole thing's harrowing to begin with and then to have to kind of
1: fight off doctors when right you know, it's a delicate situation yeah. for sure
0: Yeah so well, obviously you've come to the other side of it. So we were talking about how Ryder is today, and he um, gave us the background of you know his his cancer and how serious it was. And so what's what's the deal with the tumors today?
1: Right now, he has um, the primary tumor in his spinal cord is um, about ninety percent um, shrunk, wow. reduced to what it was. And at this point, our oncologist is um we're operating under the assumption that it's scar tissue because it was so large to begin with. Um, it would be very shocking for the entire thing to disappear. It's like very normal that you would be left with some residual scar tissue. and okay. the bigger rider gets, the more insignificant it becomes. And the secondary tumors are gone, and the oh, wow. metastasis to his bones are gone. So we're left with that one. Um, scar tissue. We're going to be doing an MRI in a year, which is uh-huh. the longest that we've waited. Yeah. Wow. So that,
2: yeah, that, that remaining one in particular hasn't, hasn't done anything for I think a good year and
1: a, a quarter year, yeah.
2: or so now. Yeah. So.
1: Another yeah. reason, you know, if it were still shrinking, then it would show that, okay, well maybe there's still active cancer in there, but like Ryan said, oh. it's very stable. And we opted early on not to do an MIBG scan with Ryder um, mm-hmm. around the same time that we stopped chemo because that kind of scan, he's injected with radiated sugar and it's just so much higher radiation. Yeah. So we yeah, can't... Yeah, don't want to... This is an important point to make is that you don't
0: want to put another carcinogen in his, exactly. in his body.
2: Well, exactly. you know? Yeah, and that's kind of what we've been, you know, when you, when you think about cancer, you immediately think about chemotherapy and that's, you know, all we... Th- all we had in mind going into it, but then you get into it, and there's so much else that comes mm-hmm. along along with the the chemotherapy. Just you know, yeah. with all the different drugs to mitigate all the different side effects, and and all these scanning procedures that can all be toxic in themselves, and even yeah. even just looking at the um, what am I looking for the 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 solution? There's just a, this, the the dextrose solution that they that they kind of just default to pumping into the kids or pumping into anybody in that Mm -hmm. in that situation Mm -hmm. uh you know it's probably gmo dextrose right there and uh then you you know i was just looking at the bag there's there's other random chemicals that why do you need that to be in there and um so it it was really you know that's that's the other thing that doesn't get talked about as much but we were very on guard just minimizing everything that went into them, Mm -hmm. not, not just the chemo yeah, and, and finding natural alternatives and solutions to whatever they were trying to do with, you know, with those drugs that they were trying to give us. Um, Mm -hmm. you know, there's, there's a, uh, they, 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 they have, they have a drug that stimulates the immune system or there's a, it's a class of drugs. Uh Um, That, uh, but then you start looking at the side effects, and uh, to keep his to keep his counts up, uh, so that you can can... get
1: your next round on time, because you can't get your next round of chemotherapy if your counts Uh. are at zero. So they have to boost them up because you're on a window.
2: Yeah, but uh, I mean, there's, I mean, it comes with its own long list of just standard side effects. But then I started digging into the research, and one of the lesser talked about, but still their side effects was potential oh. for a secondary leukemia down the road. And, uh, well, and they
1: shared that with us too, because <laughs> they hand you the list of side effects.
2: Right, we actually read it. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. yeah and, that's uh, one
1: thing they, that's
0: always been hard for me to swallow is this, the whole idea that the chemo itself causes cancer. Right, the five years and your clear thing. It's my understanding that that means that if you don't get the side effects within five years, you're probably going to be okay. But
2: yeah, and that's not always you know, the that's, case. That's certainly um, a big deal for, especially for childhood. Well, for any cancer survivor, but mm-hmm. childhood cancer survivors. This is another statistic that doesn't get talked about nearly enough. Ninety five percent of them will be battling some sort of chronic illness by the time they're forty five. Or excuse me. By the time they're forty years old, yeah, and uh, I think something like eighty-five percent of that is is a, a life-threatening illness of some sort, be it be a cancer or something else.
0: Yeah, um, well, if you think about it, it's so young, basically to destroying the immune system for at least a time to to get the, these chemicals into the body to try to kill the cancer with the chemical. It's just it's yeah. just uh well, it, it makes sense that later on that, that the body is is gonna have a hard time fighting things in the future, so
2: yeah and and that being said, uh you know. There are some pretty good success rates with some childhood cancers It's you know you, you you talk to the alternative community enough that uh you know they they throw all these uh, chemo as two percent effective stats around and i don't know whether that's true for the adults, but there are right. some cancers for children that you know like leukemia for instance, that do have really high right. success rates so we're certainly not. Right anti-chemo under, under any circumstances, but a really big deal for us is, is getting everything back out once it's been in there. Yeah. And, um, and also just, yeah, detoxification. Mm -hmm. That's
1: why. And, and just reducing treatment too, because I mean, with Ryder, yeah, Yeah. he was set to have eight rounds and he had four rounds. And I mean, that's, that's a really big Difference. Yeah,
2: we would we would certainly like to see kids treated as more individual cases rather than just right. uh, you know the, the standard yeah. the standard. This
1: is the that's
0: protocol. We, this is what exactly we do. The. Yeah, right. but then, Yeah, and know, there's yeah. some there's some really good oncologists out there that are really looking at that and being mm-hmm. way more conservative about just doling out standard of care like that. So
2: yeah, yeah. And protecting the gut. That's that's another uh, protecting and healing the mm-hmm. gut is another mm-hmm. thing that you know I wish. I wish we'd been counseled on harder um, early on, but uh, it's it's something we're you know we're we're certainly very serious about now, and um, and and always try to you know every every parent we're working with that's <laughs> a really big deal to us is, is making sure they know to do everything they can for their kid's gut.
0: Yeah. So, oh my gosh, there's so much we could talk about. We could go on for days now. I know one of the things that you shared with me that you're focusing on is helping people with um, uh, detoxing their home environment and how important that is. So can you tell us a little bit about, about what you learned?
1: Yeah. um, So we actually created a checklist for this too. Um, it's on our website, my and dot com. And that's a free gift for people, right? Yeah, it is. Yeah. And we just posted it because I mean, so many people have asked, okay, where do I start, you know, to get mm-hmm. this healthy home environment. Mm-hmm. And, um, so we basically just go through each section and it's very comprehensive and, um, there's, advanced strategies you can take and there's lots of simple things we talk about air quality water um emf uh reducing emfs okay um, e- electromagnetic fields right.
0: yes. don't know what that means yeah. and like yeah. if you can say something really really quickly about um what it what emf uh,
1: uh what sure. you reduce Sure. So, um, just like the radiation, like from your Wi-Fi router, smart meters, um, even your mm-hmm. cell phones—just little, you know, tips and strategies to mm-hmm. significantly reduce it. Like we have, and we've pretty much eliminated it from our home, um, very strategically. And, and you're on a computer right now, so <laughs> we are, and we're, and we're hardwired in. So, I mean, things like that. Our Ethernet cable was five dollars. So, really easy things that you know anyone can implement. Okay. And, um, and, and the list is, it's pretty extensive. And then we also created an advanced healing section too, on ways to actually just supercharge the environment with, you know, frequency music or, um,
2: well, like house plants house even. plants you know,
1: yeah. <laughs> okay, yeah. <laughs>
2: yeah, it's there's so much research out there on just the more the more you know nature you have in your environment uh the substantial health outcomes actually you know going oh. in your favor um looking at a picture of nature is better than not looking at a picture of nature. And they, they study that type of stuff. So, uh, yeah. And then it actually goes for, we have that actually have house plants in both sections because house plants are also very good for, for cleaning the air as well. Mm -hmm. That's one of the, uh, it's one of the air quality, um, overall things you can do. So, yeah, Yeah. it's kind of, you know, we just take, uh, take, take you down the list. I think there's 10 different categories of, Areas to be aware of. And then basically every different item within your house within, you know, that falls within that category is is on that list. It's like Teddy said, it is. It is pretty extensive. It, it, it started out just just meaning for it to be a you know a quick little thing that that people might want to think yeah. about, but it ended yeah. up being uh, being everything, including the kitchen sink. So yeah, yeah. So
1: seventeen pages. But yeah, it's oh my gosh,
0: wow. But you know, and I think people get really overwhelmed when they see lists like well, that. But. Y-
1: well, and that's why we really tried with this list that, you know, it can be as simple as you want it to be, like how hard is it mm-hmm. to get a houseplant to yes. just, you know, the full air filtration system or portable air filters or just five dollar Yeah, or even the yeah, little
2: uh, the vent filters that go over your <laughs> that go over your vents in your HVAC system. Um
0: oh, you know, okay.
2: that blow the hot air or, or cold air if you have air conditioning in, but uh but yeah, I mean that's that's the main way air is getting circulated through your house. So if you just throw a cheap little cheap little filter on those, I mean that's that's a really big step right there. So we do have, you know, mm-hmm. we kind of have the, the one we have priority. We have things prioritized out in terms of you know don't don't get overwhelmed with the entire list. Just hit the highest right. priority things first, and then also options for this is you know this is the full meal deal and this is the you know, cheap, easy, let's get something done right now option. So,
0: yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's great. That's a great way to do it because it is overwhelming. I mean, when you start to realize how many toxins we have in our food and in our environment, um, it, it it makes perfect sense why cancer statistics are as high as they are. I mean, for adult males, it's at 53% now. It's 48% for women. And um, we were talking earlier, you pulled some stats for children. and. Uh, can you share those with listeners?
1: Yeah, so we found these stats here that says um, every year two hundred and fifty thousand new cases of childhood cancer, which is about seven hundred every single day new diagnoses. Oh and then we were sharing, you know, with you earlier today that um, what was it? How many kids before they're twenty? Um, one in 285 children in the U.S. will be diagnosed with cancer by the time they're 20 years old.
0: Wow! I mean, that's a lot of children, right? And these
1: aren't, you know, even the newest numbers. Which, like we were talking earlier, these are these are probably on the very conservative side.
2: Yeah, I just, yeah. I just saw something the other day that said 300,000 for uh, for worldwide. That 250,000 was was a worldwide number, but I yeah, I was I was looking at some stuff that was saying it might be closer to 300 at this point. So Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah. Well, you know, part of the thing that's happening is that unfortunately those numbers are growing every single day. Right. So I imagine that just even keeping up with those stats is, you know, is quite daunting, unfortunately. So, but I'm so happy that the two of you are out there doing the work that you're doing, helping parents with their children get through this experience. This is very heavy and very difficult. Um, so, I mean, what, what, speaking of heavy, let's just shift the energy here for a moment. (laughs) What, what things have you done to help lighten, lighten it up for the two of you and for your children, you know, through your family? Yeah. So,
1: um, with Ryder, um, we didn't know when he was diagnosed, if he would ever be able to walk Mm. and, um, that, really was so up in the air and it was tumor was in such a life threatening spot and he was yeah. he pretty much couldn't feel anything on his right side. So he mm. is walking and running and jumping and oh, you know getting to do the things that like all little boys should be able to do. And we love hiking with him and Now his baby sister, who's 16 months, rides in the backpack that Ryder rode in for way longer than most kids ride in, um, just out of necessity because he would get tired very easily. But he's going on trail hikes and he climbs. He climbs extremely well. So, yeah, I mean, as a family, it's, it's really those things that I feel like we have such Um, an enormous appreciation for and we reminisce about where he was because it's just like so mind-blowing to us to see like where he is right now.
0: That's so heartwarming you know just to think about going from being I mean having that much cancer in his little body to being able to run and jump and play and 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 having parents that are so informed and make sure you make sure you're informed and you keep informing yourselves
1: yeah um, And And kids are amazingly resilient. And I remember when people would tell us that like shortly after Ryder was diagnosed, it would almost make me crazy. Like, you don't Mm -hmm. want to hear that. Like, Oh, kids are resilient because it's Mm -hmm. like, this is my child, but, but it's insane. They are. I mean, you just, he doesn't have these emotional scars for, for what he has been through and for the kind of trauma Um, that childhood cancer patients experience from, you know, just daily, multiple times a day, poor access to having a feeding Mm -hmm. tube going down his nose for over a year to heart surgery. I mean, the kinds of trauma that I think adults have a much harder time uh, letting go of.
0: Absolutely. You know, we have, by the time you get to be an adult, you, you have so many judgments that you've learned about cancer. You know, one of the first ones that people, Assume is that ca- cancer is most likely a death sentence, and it's right. so not true. If you buy into that way of thinking, and a child isn't going to buy into that way of thinking because they can't even developmentally <laughs> uh, participate in that thought form. Exactly, you know?
1: but their parents can, and so we stress yes. to all of our families that you you are essentially your child's thoughts and you need to have those same healing thoughts that your child is going to heal that every single day they are healing. And, you know, thank God for that healing that, you know, is taking place inside of their body.
0: Yeah, exactly. And that's, um, that's beautiful that you're doing that. And I think that's a great um, segue too into the spiritual piece and, and, you know, how did, Um, spirituality and prayer and did that play into your, the
1: healing process for all of you? Absolutely. Because I mean, everywhere that we were led on this journey, um, even the diagnosis alone, I mean, truly there has just been so many areas where we look back and we're just like, this is so beyond, you know, yeah,
2: completely unexplainable just as coincidence, just all the things that lined up in our favor right. uh, to, to get us to where we are today. Just, um, uh-huh. yeah, yeah it's,
1: it's magical, isn't it? It is. It's, um,
0: yeah. <laughs> when you make that decision to, to trust your intuition, which I believe is that thing that connects us to the spiritual, um, and you follow it and, um, all these magical things just start happening all the people all the the uh, treatments everything that you need to help make this healing happen to just show up it's just it's how life works and we're so lucky when we we follow that when we figure it out if we get into it we follow that so um
2: yeah. yeah, we were, we were certainly, you know, faithful before, um, <laughs> before all this happened, but uh, yeah, this, this is definitely, definitely taking things up a notch. Mm-hmm. And then, and it's funny just how even it, you know, starts to intersect with the research because
1: mm-hmm.
2: I don't know, you know, we're <clears throat> another big thing that we didn't really touch on. I don't think is, is mm-hmm. just energy medicine in general. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, we've, we've been, doing a, a fair bit of that. We have a few crazy devices laying around the house that, um, you know, uh, flashing lights and whiz bang gizmos and stuff, but they all have some uh-huh. pretty good, uh, some really interesting scientific explanation behind them. And we, we but- I certainly know they're, they're working, um, they're doing the job that they're supposed to do. But, uh, but I don't know, you, you start digging into the concepts behind that. And really that leads you to, um, when you you know this whole concept about when you, you break us down far enough, we're we're nothing but energy and vibration and and uh, you know all that good stuff. And then, well, what does that mean? And you know, yeah. we're all more connected than I think we really realize.
0: Yeah.
2: And um,
0: I always say, yeah, yeah So with, the whole thing is yeah. definitely
2: definitely prodded some deeper thoughts than uh, yeah. before. That's that's for sure.
0: We are many, yet we are one, and that idea that we are separate is just, you know, a, a piece of the the uh, thing that helps us get back to the truth of who we are. I think, um, you know, once we decide to to go in that direction. So, um, but your energy, I, I I like to say this to my clients because I've been doing energy medicine in spiritual psychotherapy for you know twenty years now, and um, your spirit is your energy, and it's the only thing you can't live without. <laughs>
1: you yeah. know, That's
0: true. it's the one thing you can't live without. You can live without water, you know, and yeah, maybe you'll eventually die. But your spirit is what leaves your body. Your energy is what leaves your body. And there's so much science now just to to um, support what they've known in ancient wisdom for for so long. So. Thousands and thousands of years. So, anyway, so we've gone all over the place with this great conversation. I love talking to both of you. Um, can you please give out your website again and how people can get in touch with you and work with you? And
1: yeah, so we're just at mykidcurescancer.com. dot com. Um, sign up for our mailing list. And send you our healing home, healthy home, excuse me, checklist, and. Um,
2: yeah, uh, you know, we we have the oh, Facebook. Yeah, we have our own podcast where I okay. am interviewing uh naturopathic doctors, health experts, cancer survivors on all things uh, you know, anti-cancer, cancer cancer reversing and, and cancer preventing. Great. All that good stuff. We're on um,
1: Facebook, Instagram and YouTube. YouTube, yes, and we've got a YouTube channel. So we do a lot of how to videos, day in the lifes, and Post the podcast there as well as on iTunes and Stitchers.
0: Excellent. I think here's cancer. Or, um, that's great. So I'm so excited to have you here. Thank you so, so much for um, sharing your story. And um, yeah, you know, maybe I'll have you guys back some other time. Um, it's, I just feel like this is such a, a huge subject and we barely scratch the surface, you know?
2: Yeah, no, you can, you can certainly dive into it. Dive into any one of those areas that we touched on, or or any area that we didn't touch on, pretty pretty deep. Uh, and we love getting into the weeds. So we, yeah, we absolutely absolutely Good. love to Meg anytime.
0: Excellent. All right. Thanks again for being here, Ryan and Teddy Sternagel from mykidcurescancer.com dot com. Thanks so much, Meg. Thank you, Meg. .com. Um, And thank you, listeners, for listening to our show. Please share it with as many people as you think may benefit from this conversation. Um, Remember that food can kill you or food can heal you. Research it and learn about it. The choice is up to you. This is Dr. Meg Hayworth. Thanks for listening. For more information, go to meghayworth.com to sign up for our email list get your free copy of five anti-inflammatory on-the-go lunch recipes and access to our private Facebook community. Thank you so much for listening.